0: Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the second episode in The Fall of the House of Usher, The Mask of the Red Death, teleplay by Emmy Grinwis and Mike Flanagan, directed, of course, by Mac Flanagan. I gave this episode an 8.7 out of 10. I was very intrigued on what was happening in the present and a little less. Engaged on what was happening in the past, but I do know that that is important information on why things are happening currently. But other than clearly Madeline is the devil <laughs> on Roderick's shoulders, I think that there's something to be said about how their futures very much Stemmed from the bastardry of being the cast off of the CEO of this company that they kind of feel in a certain way is their birthright. So I like seeing all of those little things play out. Before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast Podbean, Stitcher, Apple podcast Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. 1979, the young Dupin is taking photos of a grave robbed of its corpse, but not its valuables. He is chased off by an officer as he is not legally one, but a fraud investigator. If he was in a couple of centuries earlier, the body would in fact be... (laughs) what people were after because grave robbing was for scientific and medical purposes and, and financial gain. He has found five bodies taken after a recent forgery was found for a client where her consent to a drug trial was not made with her permission. And it may be the result of her death. Since clearly there is a fraud going on, he decided to get his hands dirty and go out in the field. However, impersonating an officer is kind of a big deal, so his boss being upset about it is valid. Him saying, I've had issues with you people in the past definitely started a trigger. But then he responded, the whole damn office is still white as cream cheese in case you're worried we're invading. <laughs> But that is not what his boss is concerned about. Yes, I've noted your skin color, but you got this thing called a hero complex. Dupont rebuttals the people in charge of making us healthy, make us sick. We cheat the dying. We fleece the poor, promote the racist. let the demons run amok. Hey, E-B-B-I-S-H-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T- At that moment, I was kind of on his boff side. Like, you know what? I punched in from nine to five. If you want to be a crusader, that is fine, but you are not in the right department. (laughs) Clearly you intend to fix the world's problems all by yourself. He asked if he were to ever somehow win this morality war and he could sit across from all the concentrated evil, what would he say? which leads us presently very nicely transition into Roderick asking or him asking Roderick, was it ever going to be enough? Nope. I also thought Roderick's answer of that's a stupid question (laughs) was another moment of why am I siding with the bad guys or the, the people I'm supposed to be on the other side of, but yeah, of course it's never going to be enough. As long as there are, there's problems in the world, our brains are mechanically built to solve them and then as long as that's occurring, you're going to have that small percentage that is going to try to exploit, manipulate all of that for their own gain. So no, it's never going to be enough. Actually, the more you the more you get, the more you have problems, the more you chase a different kind of high. So while we are talking about the addiction of drugs here, there is a bit of the addiction to power in the people that are that are drawn to that particular lifestyle. Licodone, or ligodone is something that has caused many young people not understanding its risk to become addicted to it, as well as other drugs from the company that turn into gateway drugs to heroin And seriously, Roderick, telling him that your wife is on Ligadone and she used to be a heroin addict is not at all the foundation for a success story. (laughs) But after seeing the ghost of we now know his son, the apparition of him, he says, well, we're not here to debate the ethics of my sins but to discuss how the death of his children are indeed his fault though apparently your actions with your company you seem to roderick that is consider almost like i don't have to account for these sins because these sins <laughs> are simply that of the world and you're trying to change it And yet you're you're kind of naive to the idea that people like me don't pay. But it also could be the reason why he's given this confession. Perry was the first of his children to go defined as first and foremost, crazy. He wakes amidst an orgy before threatening his friend with a fork to the gullet for allegedly taking his eggs. And while I can understand, certainly, the need to want to murder when you go into the refrigerator and what you put there is no longer there, and it was a bit much, bit much. He later finds them after some actual looking, something kids don't tend to do. Where's my thing? Did you look over there? I swear I looked in this room. I swear. Then why is it literally, I came in here for less than 30 seconds and I found it. The fuck is wrong with your eyeballs? He thinks he dodged a bullet with his dad on investing in his idea because the minute you get his approval with this loan, you fall under his thumb. He gets a text from Dickwad, a.k.a. Frederick, because he's supposed to be at a meeting shadowing him. He shows up late. There's six attorneys in there that are indicting them on the the codes for these buildings because they all are not where they should be. There's chemicals there. There's uh, potential oh what do they call that? Penetrating the the dirt, the ground, so it could possibly poison the water around it. Just a lot of bad things. Can you get them demolitioned? Prospero Oblivious continues to acknowledge ownership. <laughs> against his lawyer's advice (laughs) so Frederick upset has to take him outside and slam him against a wall and wonder at his intelligence I would love to have said Perry was being mistreated in this moment and while Frederick certainly had to go there you walking into a meeting and then doing something that doesn't help at all like why are you even speaking if you're there to shadow and you're not contributing other than ooh, these places look sick why don't I decide to host a party here because we own these properties they repeat the only acceptable thing for any of the ushers to say if questioned Perry does bring a, a good point saying well why didn't you just Demolished these buildings six months ago, and we wouldn't even be all. Shots fired. So Frederick railroads over that truth to point out the only reason he is here is because his dad screwed a blackjack dealer on a yacht in Con twenty five years ago, before calling him a fucking bastard. Hey, like- <laughs> Get out of here, you meanie! <laughs> I do kind of feel like his whole attitude towards the bastardy of it all is a rather outdated idea i can even understand better if he married his mother and decided that this is the new stepmom and the new stepson taking over my place but everybody and a mama coming out a bastard nowadays In typical rebellious fashion, he chooses to host an exclusive party as a pop-up club in a very much, in very much the same pitch he gave his father because that's the only contribution he can manage to bring to society, drugs and orgies. Victorine's heart mesh fibulator thing fails, making it very clear they are not ready for human trials, not to mention she tainted her own results by using adrenaline not listening to her lover she reports the progress to her dad but he wants this to be ready for human trials in six months that's not gonna happen it's very risky but victorine clearly doesn't know how to disappoint her father even though he doesn't tell her why he needs the accelerated timeline which we find out a little bit later Perry goes to Napoleon, who treats Perry far kinder as a brother, encouraging him to do and be better than what he is planning. Despite it being beneath him, he says he will kill it. He did come to him for a whole bunch of drugs. And he's like, what do you think I am, a drug dealer? (laughs) And for Viagra, he's like, Viagra? (laughs) What was the statement he made? It's like, you're in your 20s. 80% of you is made of cum. He will send two dealers to his party who will be appreciative of the, the profit and hook him up with some Viagra despite claiming not to need it. Cause he does have a reputation to maintain. Camille tasks her aides with finding or making up dirt on the witness for the prosecution. As they watch the trial, none of the ushers are going to show up to the trial which that seems appropriate for billionaires to do other than to show we are here and we care. But now our attorneys are going to take over. <laughs> her her aides tell her there's nothing that we can find. She replies, the ushers aren't idiots. Well, except for Perry. She still feels Victorine is the worst. Her trial isn't as good as she claims and believes that could be the in for the feds to blackmail her one of her assistants actually wonders aloud why Camille is so maliciously intent on bringing down her sister but never receives an answer she also has locked files on all family members which is a thing Prospero is told that water will be obsolete and that the sprinklers are dry, which is supposed to signify when the orgy begins. They can call the main water supply to hook it up, but this building is meant to be demolished. And since he knows his family takes shortcuts, thinks the tanks above can be hooked up to the sprinklers, not bothering to check if the liquid in the tanks are in fact water that the lawyers from the meeting earlier made direct comments about its unsafeness. Actually, I'm pretty sure they mentioned directly at one of these facilities, there's acid. However, because he fails to pay attention to the details that matter, instead of chasing the infamy and desires, it will soon have disastrous effects. We also saw who we know as Verna, Verna, and red atop the building the first time he was there. When his friends are concerned, he says, "Remember the golden rule: whoever has the gold makes the rules." This is something his father. When we get back to that cozy chat he's having by the fire with Dupin, uh, that his father got from a comic book. He then switches gears and says, "Do you or asks?" Do you know what catacel is? I don't know what catacel is, but it's very much like dementia. I'm not going to say all those medical terms. And it can cause hallucinations. A heart mesh may be a way to buy some time. And now we know why he was so intent for Victorine to accelerate her timeline. The comic, what was it called? Uh, Because it was something like the wizard of Oz, The Wizard of Id. Uh, it hung outside of Rufus Griswold's office. Grizz, as he says, was the original gangster slash cocksucker who was responsible for the bodies being disappeared back when Dupin was investigating. Roderick pitches back in 19... 19- don't ask me. I didn't catch the, the actual year. I want to say 1980 or 1979. Actually, it was 1979 because that's when the bodies were disappearing themselves. And yeah, he did reference I've been having a really hard time with this drug trial. Roderick pitches Ligodone to Grizz as a reformulated opiate that can eradicate all levels of pain and everything in between. It's not addictive. It's a great pitch. The idea that we are, we can be creating something that's a miracle drug. You're the Messiah, you know, all the gracing of his ego, but Gris still declines. And he said his reasons of, I don't know if medical is going to be the right market. Then you have to get it tested. Then the trials, there's too much legality behind it to just push something out for profit and the promise of which is ironic because a lot of the medical community, not medical community was the way I want to say history of medicine began with very much quackery for an upsetting amount of time, maybe in some places in the world, like Egypt or China, where there was more experimentation um, <laughs> and actual scientific method behind trying to find certain things like the Egypt Egyptians were really good at um, stopping pregnancy whereas in China they were doing surgery and shit at the time where European history was all talking about the femurs and humors not the femurs the humors and shit but putting anything and everything in a fucking bottle and saying it's medicine even gin your baby's colicky, give it some gin to cure all type of thing. Even with cocaine, heroin, weed, that's why they're all classified drugs right now. It's because we didn't have all those things in place. So him being upset that, oh man, we got to play by the rules. It's, it's um, a little bit of irony considering it is a rather recent bit of our medical history. And still manages to have all of these cracks. Annabelle, Roderick's first wife, is like the angel on his shoulder during dinner. First, there's the baby that's crying, (laughs) the kid on the floor. But then they have dinner, and while he's, he told him first when he came in, he didn't get the pitch. She's all like, we have children, we have ourselves, we have our family, we have our health. Maybe it's time to move on to something else. Money isn't everything, something Madeline absolutely doesn't think so. She tells her brother Rufus will help them or they will go through him and leave him behind because there is no such thing as a setback. And you can definitely hear The words in that pitch that (laughs) her brother did, like, totally she was on top of that, right? I think there's something with Madeline, because she said she quit her job too, because she has an investment in algorithms, and how they're the future, how they be put in computers. She's way ahead of her time. But she's given none of the credit and she doesn't want to settle for anything. She's already talking about mimicking human consciousness and immortality. But even so, all of her brilliance has to be or has been at least up until this point that I can see filtered through that of a man. Presently Madeline speaks with her granddaughter Lenore, who has taken part of her questionnaire for the past 4 months as Currently, she's trying to duplicate consciousness into a clone AI with Lenore being her test subject. She is also a bit obsessive with immortality as she collects artifacts from Egypt to celebrate its homage to life after death. I think that both things in their childhood shaped these twins, her mom rising apparently from the dead to take revenge against the man that hurt her. Uh, was she dead? Was she not dead? And then you have Roderick who saw his mom in so much pain. His initial contribution to the world is to make sure people don't have to suffer like his mom did. Pym interrupts and believes that Perry may be hiding something due to his bank accounts being reduced with the amount of money he's taking out but his spending has increased meaning he's getting an influx in cash and while the child bride as she's called is being investigated she is only co-signed on Roderick's accounts which is typical when you have an infant as your wife I'm a bobby girl in the bobby world Lenore interrupts fun time with new grandma. She's like, no, never. I'll kill you. And is encouraged by grandpa. Let me get us some pizzas. Oh, you just got a chef in the kitchen downstairs. That must be nice. And get to know each other. (laughs) Grandma looks more into video games than the child that should be into video games. She asked how she and grandpa met. She got into a car wreck, lost her leg, shattered a lot of bones inside of her body. However, she was conscious and in love with the drug he invented. So when he came and saw her and told her as much, she offered to blow him right then and there. And that's that's how baby dolls are made. Perry shows up to drop off paperwork at Roderick's house. And upon getting sympathy from his wife, Morel, who isn't happy with her husband, for what reason that remains unknown. We haven't seen much of their relationship, but he calls her a fiery woman that should reconnect by coming to his party. And the way he's looking at her is, would certainly put me off the idea I can understand wanting to anonymously go out and have some fun a little be a part of something a little scandalous you know I'm older I have my child they're like 15 they don't need me anymore I'm baking cakes that look like shit all day yeah maybe going out and being a little rebellious in a a way I don't know about the having sex with strangers but You know, just being there, going to the party in itself would be a a lure, but I think I would have opted out on the orgy part. (laughs) Like, nah, my ass way too old for this shit. Tamerlan and Bill look to be about to have a romantic dinner, but it turns out that girl that she canceled last week or yesterday is a prostitute that looks very much like her because she's like how do you like the wig how do you like the dress yes you you made yourself look exactly like me and she pays this woman to I guess have sex with her husband or do whatever theme she desires with her husband in lieu of herself as she prefers to watch objectively from a chair than engage intimately What the fuck is wrong with you as a person? Back to Camille, despite trying her best, she sucked into Bill's (laughs) workouts. Her assistant, Toby, and the other girl, sorry, I forgot her name, come in and tell her other than the chimp dying, there is no dirt on Victorine. However, they do come up with a plan to continue to look into her bio-waste. When Camille saw the place... Rue, where they do their experiments. She thought it was a zoo when she was younger. They tell her about the nightshade that she's using, but she wants more. She's like, yawn. Still not clear why she hates her sis, but what is, is that she sleeps with her assistants. And considering that they work for her, it is certainly an abuse of power. Like they just went into a room like this is routine, stripped down. Oh, no, no, that's just weird. While dad shows his daughter how to make ships in a bottle, Morell, uh, I was saying dad is Roderick and Lenore. Morell, using a girl's night out as an excuse, goes to Perry's party. Oh, don't do it. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. When she gets there, she gets a locker with a bracelet, no phones or cameras. However, Perry we find out, intends to Westworld the guest by blackmailing them with footage on top of charging them for this privacy. Pussy The cherry on top is having sex with Freddie's wife, and I don't know why that's the cherry on top, other than it would piss his brother off and cause a divorce. <laughs> what do you mean when you say you're going to own him? Like what? I guess you don't want this to get out ever. So you're going to have to do what I say. But that's childish. I'm sorry. Freddy can always find something worse on you. Look at how you live your existence. Freddy who is afraid of elevators. Why is he afraid of elevators? I don't know. I also don't know about that Wicked Games cover. It fit, but it was unfortunate that it was a cover. (laughs) Prospero ditches Corinne not Corinne, Morrell to chase the lady in red who comes in and meets him in a room and asks if tonight is everything he ever wanted and he says almost notice she stopped and looked at Morrell almost like you're not supposed to be here this isn't you but you're trying to pretend to be something you're not because she said this is my kind of party these are my kind of people and I do think she means the ones destined for you know the fiery pit below that doesn't exist she remarks how there are always consequences which that is true she says someone made a decision then another then a small then a big then one of no importance and then you were born you are the consequence of a harmless choice that has defined your life and tonight your consequence will be consequential she tells him they could have had fun as she always loved bad boys which is a weakness of hers and bad boys have always loved her despite being a pretty pretty thing she transports somehow from the bed to the door and leaves let me guess white devil white devil moraine got her black card taken away in this moment because when you see people leaving and doors shutting and then verna says go now That's when you get the fuck up out of there. Later, bitch, get fucked! You did not need to be told twice, but here you are trying to chase this boy. And instead of rain, everyone gets acid poured down on them and die a very horrific death. The episode ends with Verna kissing him farewell before putting the mask she herself had on on his face and it was a pretty gruesome scene with all of the fleshy melted bodies all around them you could hear some people still alive but probably traumatized. Is Morel dead as well because that is absolutely her fault. I would have made a beeline. I'm like, oh, no, because one, I can't stand being shut in. I think that's one of the biggest death traps in clubs and club disasters that I watch all the time. Okay, so when I go every time I went even out to a club, it has to be a venue where I know that there are plenty of exits and not being like like in a place or somewhere where it's very hard to get to. Nope, not interested in that so that is my review of this episode a really good one the person that made the deal had to be roderick but was it what you have to give up your kids that would be fucked up um but as long as lenora is safe (laughs) because she is just the sweetest kindest person thus far He did say you're two of my favorite people, his granddaughter and his new wife that happen to be the same age. I'm not, never. That's why I can't look at Leonardo DiCaprio. People like talking about his new movie coming out. And I'm like, all I can think of that is a man who is borderline a pedophile. And y'all are just walking around ignoring that shit because they happen to be legally 20. They look 17. We have feedback. Let's hop into the mailbag.
1: What up, Sina? This is Mimi. Here's my feedback for The Fall of the House of Usher, Episode 2 of Season 1. I don't know if saying the season is necessary since it's a mini-series, so I'm just going to say Episode 2. I just finished listening to your first um, podcast for this. after talking with you online, I saw that it was the Mike Flanagan. And I I know I haven't watched many of his shows like you have, but I know I remember us I talking about it and you saying that he signed a deal with um, Netflix, so he's going to be doing quite a few. And I can't say that I remember any Edgar Allan Poe's, poems I, or short stories I know I've read the Raven it was one of those things that were required I think it's one of those things that are required for all children in the United States back when we were younger um, since we are the same age um, I I remember the Raven slightly like I haven't read it recently so you know this is like 25 30 years ago that I'm thinking about the poem, so I'm not even going to pretend to know. Um, I know that I've heard a couple of names from, like, in the episodes one and two, like, Lenora. I know that's a name from something, and Annabeth is from something. I recognize those names from poems or short stories. I don't know if, if, I think they're considered short stories, I don't know. But I don't, I can't say that I know anything about this fall of the House of Usher. So I'm going in blind, per usual, um, but I know um, I did watch The Midnight Mass, and I really liked it, and it was spooky, I can do spooky stuff, I just can't do scary stuff, um, like, you know, things like Saw, um, <laughs> I, I can't do, you know, those, like, that, that Nun movie that recently came out, the Nun or whatever, or, you know... I, I, I don't even want to think about all the movies that my son be trying to get me to see, and I'm not going to do. I don't think I'm as bad as Shy. I can do gore, um, and I, I don't mind jump scares every now and then. I just can't do horror, like, terrifying. Like, the object of this movie is to terrify me. I can't do it. Um, I learned my lesson a long time ago with Candyman when I was younger. I can't do it. Um, and I'm not going to. <laughs> Things like that I can't do. But this show I think I can handle because like I said, Midnight Mass wasn't too bad. They had some some scary moments, but it wasn't so scary that it like took away from my enjoyment. So so far I am really enjoying this um this series, you know, episodes one through two. But I don't know what is going on lately, but lately Darren's been watching shows that I watch and I think it's probably because, you know, we haven't gotten anything new and we're probably not going to get anything new until I would say the later half of 2024. I feel like this might be the first television season when all the new shit comes out in the summer but you know we'll see Um, I hope the actors get the money that they deserve and these CEOs are so stupid you really think that withholding this is gonna benefit you in the long run what do they have to lose like they're not working and one thing I think rich people can't comprehend is that when you're broke you are used to being broke so being broke in in a sense where you're fighting for something that is gonna potentially get you more money is going to be worth it in the end. Um, Poor people are resourceful. I know y'all can't comprehend not having money, but broke people have been there. And the actors that are affected by this, I feel like the majority of them are poor and working class and they have jobs and they've been had jobs, so what do they have to lose? (sighs) That's neither here nor there. Um, The first thing I want to say is just my theory. I was with you when I was watching episodes one and two. Um, I noticed that Lenore was on her phone a lot, um, and I was thinking, like, especially when she was saying, you know, you know, if people do bad stuff, shouldn't they be punished. I was like, is she the informant? I'm not sure how old she's supposed to be, because that actress has a face that, depending on how old they want her to be, she could be young or old. Um, so I, I don't know. Is she supposed to be 16 or is she supposed to be 19? I have no idea. But if she is a minor, any kind of like non-disclosure she signs wouldn't be binding um, because she is a minor. But now I'm starting to think that maybe it's not her. I was thinking that it might be Madison. And the only reason I say that is because she was handing out those non-disclosures and she was like, we have to sign, but we didn't see her sign. Um, we're, we're just supposed to assume that she already did. And granted that, you know, I could understand, like, people would be like, well, why would she do it? The whole pharmaceutical thing was Roderick's idea, not Madison. She was more into the science because she's very, very smart. And her talking with uh, Lenore, having her like that journaling thing, and her like talking about that AI thing, it's going to change the world, I could see her feeling some kind of way about this pharmaceutical aspect ruining the reputation of the company and of potentially affecting something that she's been working on her entire career. Um, and you know, I don't know. It just she is smart enough that she would be able to get away with it because it's it's clear one thing's for sure. You know, in this um, <laughs> so far these last two episodes is that Madison is the brains behind the operation. And granted, she needed the pharmaceutical company to get what she needed, but I feel like we don't know this for sure. But I think it can be assumed that Madison is the reason that the company did so well because she's the brains behind everything Um, and maybe she was the one she was telling Roderick like maybe we shouldn't put all of our eggs in this pharmaceutical basket in this drug and maybe he didn't listen I don't know but I do think that it would make sense for her to be the one because how would Roderick find out he has his kids pitted against each other and it was it's easy for Madison to just co sign, yeah, it is your kids. We know someone in that family's lying and we know all of them are liars, so I mean it's not a far stretch to assume that Madison is the, the lead liar. <laughs> um, but let's get into this episode too. I, I I don't really need to talk about one um, because there was enough into that will get me to my ten minutes. And I am going to try and make this short uh, because I've been sending long ass feedbacks lately and I'm trying to do better. <laughs> but um, this episode was so good. When I saw the, like, first of all, I think Roderick is having hallucinations. Um, I don't know how um, much that man drinks, but I will say that if he's a drunk, Like his pappy, it's possible that he, you know, he's having hallucinations um, with his dementia. Because sometimes narcotics and alcohol can cause hallucinations with the elderly. And even though that man is married to a child bride who apparently was a heroin addict and probably worships him because of the drug that he created that kept her pain-free... That's that's a discussion for another time. Um, he um, is seeing stuff, and I just I don't know. I just I feel like he has he made some type of deal with the devil. I don't know. We like that lady at the bar just seems unworldly. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. She just seemed like she was not of this world. And, you know, all of their good fortune happened after they met her. And he keeps saying that, you know, we're uh, all of these, it may seem like these stories aren't connected, but they all are. And I can't help but to think that she is the reason that this is happening. You know, it's like, you know, when they say you sell your soul to the devil, there's always a cost. You know, watching Supernatural people, they, they get 10 years and then they got the soul like they sit in the hell house because I'm gonna go collect your soul or um, you know I'll give you all you want but your children's souls are mine Any, anything can happen like that. Or it could even be one of those things where it's like um, I'm gonna allow you to win your soul back through your children. I'm gonna allow them to be better than you and if you raise them the right way, then you have nothing to worry about. That I feel like that might have something to do with it, the way that his children are because he is so determined to be a dad like but it's like it's one thing to be present and it's another thing to actually be a good dad and I feel like some people just in general feel like being present is enough. Just cuz you're around doesn't mean that you're raising your children and it's it's clear that Roderick is not. Um, But Prospero, Harry, when he was at the door of Frederick's wife, (laughs) I was like dying. I was like, she want to be offended so bad, but she's turned on. It was so obvious because she could have cut him off at any time, closed the door, and be like, you know what? That's enough. You got to stop. She wanted to hear everything he had to say, and I'm pretty sure she wanted to smash he just got interrupted. If that lady and the, like, the, I'm gonna call her Little Red Riding Hood, if she hadn't have shown up, she would have went right in one of them rooms with Perry and stayed a smash. They might be alive right now, but y'all would have some explaining to do when they realize that everybody else at the party is uh, dead except y'all. And you know what? It probably wouldn't happen because. Perry gave old boy the, the word to turn on the sprinklers but when we saw when he was like you know Perry was the first to die um, I knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as uh, he decided he was going to take a building that was condemned like it's chemicals and you guys aren't um, getting rid of them the proper way you're leaving them there and they were talking about all the acidic corrosion and all the like deadly kinds of um uh like chemical waste that was just there and then he decided he was gonna tap into the barrels on top of the roof i was like you weren't listening to anything that was happening in that meeting sir and this is gonna be terrible i could tell you i was more scared and my heart was pounding when the old girl was like little red riding hood told uh Lenore's mom like go now and she was like dancing and then like looking around like first of all honey I'm gonna need you to be black right now why are the people that work here leaving why are they why do they why are they getting out of here in a hurry like when she noticed that I felt like her blackness was gonna kick in like girl I know you want to leave you feeling in your soul that you need to go too but she stayed and she's like trying to dance and shake it off and then old girl was like go now I was like, I'm going to need you to go. She was moving so slow, and I don't even know if she got out. I want to believe she did, but we didn't see her leave. And she was far away from the door when old boy turned the sprinkles on. I, I think that scared me more than the jump scare with the, the Joker, which also scared you. Um, but that, that episode was good. I can't wait to see what's happening in episode three. Um, that's why I wanted to get this out while I'm driving because I want to jump into this next episode. It's going to be good. I just know it. I'm assuming each episode is going to be dedicated to how each family or each one of uh, Roderick's kids died. And like I said, I think it has something to do with that lady at the bar. Um, and I think um, Roderick figured out once his all his kids died that Madison was the, the informant. So he took her out, and now he's about to kill himself, or he's dying already, and by the end of this confession, he's just going to die. I guess we will see, but um, I'll end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the Couch, Mimi out.
0: That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. I'm so glad she's joining me, and I was clowning the shit out of her for... I thought she didn't watch um, Midnight Mass, and then... I went back and I was like, nope, you right, you right, you right, you right, you watch Midnight Mass Me because yeah, we both hated that woman so much. As soon as I remembered, I was like, oh, of course, we watched that together. So yes, I'm glad you're on the Mike Flanagan, even though it's the Haunted of Bly Manor that I really want you to watch (laughs) because it's so fucking good and you haven't watched it yet. So I think if you can handle what's happening in these two shows, you could do Bly Manor easily it's such a good story it really is um as far as this episode and your feedback is concerned all i know is lenora as well from the raven because she was mentioned a lot and i think that was like an ode to lenora how you missed her which makes me a little scared about her position in the show because i really love that actress and she's so sweet but also i agree i don't know if she's 16 or 19 um it could be Madeline. You know what? I didn't even think about that because she's the one no one would expect. Maybe she's tired of being behind the man. Maybe Roderick, it's his time and something had to give because she asked about what was going on with him. And He clearly didn't want to tell her that he's dying and he seems like he shares everything with her. And she's the one that's in charge of finding out the mole. So no, that's actually a really good... Call out that it's actually the one you at least expect it to be. Agree, I think his Roderick's visions are due to his dementia and not supernatural, but I think that also agreed that Verna, whoever that is, or <laughs> you call it Little Red Riding Hood, is, is definitely something supernatural. I mean, just look how she got on that bed and then at that door, like we didn't watch you get off the bed, ma'am. How the fuck did you get over here? We didn't even watch you really make your way to a bed. You just kept popping up all over, over the place. And then after the acid, you're just going to come out, <laughs> walk through the acid like it's no problem. Uh, I also, I see we're on the same page in regarding the soul exchange, something she did because she even mentions it in this episode. A decision was made, a big decision, and it affected your life. So my guess is the kids are taken out because of the the things that or for whatever they exchanged for for this but that's actually really fucked up like oh by the way your kids are gonna die oh oh and it's not even like he didn't already have two kids <laughs> at the time he would have been making this deal with the devil so yeah let me just consign them to death and i don't know about mara i'm glad you took her black car too Cause I was like, what the fuck? As soon as I would have saw the motherfuckers leaving and that door closing. Hell no. I don't know what the fuck is going on. But I don't like these types of surprises. So I'll just wait to see what happens afterwards. You know, if I miss it, I miss it. Fuck it. But I do think her not even enjoying herself, being in a corner, dancing all alone, not even engaging, only being there to fuck her stepson or her her brother's son. I thought that was like, okay maybe you just deserve that but then apparently she was innocent enough to be told to get the fuck out so i don't know if she's gonna live or not i would think she's not but we didn't see her body like we saw the rest of them so i'm curious it looked like she was walking towards perry though and not towards the exit like she should have been I'm glad you're enjoying the show. I'm excited to get into episode three too. I I knew I was going to love the show. I knew I was going to be highly engaged. I knew I was going to want to blow through it. So yeah, it's definitely two times on the schedule this week. (laughs) Can't wait to get to the episode three. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.